Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Years ago, I was on the Gold Coast and I went up there to spend some time with our other Elevation pastors. We have 10 locations around Australia and we were catching up and we were doing some team bonding um, experience, right, to group work. And what we did is we went away camping. Who likes camping? A few people here like camping. We went away camping, and so we went to South Stradbroke Island. Uh, we took our four-wheel drives. We were doing some of the, dune, the sand dunes and going along the water, and uh, we did camping two nights. Um, but there's no showers and there's no toilets, this is the first time I've ever been camping with no toilets, so that was a, an experience. I enjoyed the camping. It was amazing. I didn't enjoy that part so much of it, but anyway, that, that, that's by the by. Anyway, we had our last day, and I had a flight at 3.30. So we had to drive from South Stradbroke Island all the way down to the Gold Coast Airport. I think it's like an hour, hour and a half. Anyway, we, we, along the way, we, we dropped off a few people who lived sort of more towards Brisbane. And then we're heading on, to, we jumped onto the freeway, and the freeway was really busy. Like, there were lots of cars there. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Queensland at all or the Gold Coast, but there's like, there's only one freeway that pretty much goes from Brisbane down to the Gold Coast. And anyway, it was full. Like lots of cars, you might be experiencing that now if you're back to work, right? Driving into the city or wherever it is that you work. And so there were all these cars and so my flight's at 3.30. And I'm the kind of person who like, if I can choose between being early or late, I prefer to be early. Like I prefer to get to the airport, just take my time, just peruse, you know, just be casual and less stress, right? So I'm like, well, let's see how we go, you know. And so we're driving along and, and, and by then it's just myself and Pastor Miles, if you know Pastor Miles. And so we're driving along, he, he's driving, I'm in the passenger seat and I'm like, Miles, like this is not looking good. And he's like, Bronson, can you put Gold Coast Airport into the Google Maps? We'll see if there's a closer way to go, a quicker way to go. And there was. We went that way. The only problem was everyone else was going that way as well. So no matter which way we went, we were, we were going to be late. And so we're going along. And I'm looking at the Google Maps. It's like, you're not going to make it, bro. You're going to be, it's telling me you're going to miss your flight. Anyway, we're going along. And then, and then Miles, Pastor Miles says, bro, you're not going to believe this. Because we've got to stop, man. I need to go to the toilet. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, we're going to stop. I am serious. So we pull over. We find a service station. Pull over there. Goes in, comes back out. And so then, then I'm like, well, this is it. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to miss my flight. I'm not going to make it back down to my family, to my church. I'm never going to see any of you again. I'm going to be stuck on the Gold Coast for the rest of my life, on the beach, getting tanned, surfing, you know. I was debating which way do I go. No, no. And uh, anyway... You'd be proud. Uh, Pastor Miles starts pulling out all the moves. Uh, Michael Schumacher, Max uh, Verstappen, they would have been proud. Uh, he's uh, heel-toeing. He's like two, the one foot not moving, brakes, pedals at the same time, handbrake turns. Anyway, we rock up to the Gold Coast Airport. I jump out, see you later, run to the gate that I'm at. You know, I didn't have any, I was just carry-on luggage. And I'm the last person to get on the plane. You know when you're waiting to leave and you're like, come on, we should have left five minutes ago and there's that last person. That was me, the last person on the plane. Obviously, I made it back. But have you ever been in a situation like that where you're like, you just don't know if you're going to make it? 
or you're running late and like there's this sort of stress starting to come up and sort of starting to rise in your life and you don't know whether it's going to cause a, a problem. Now, some of you, real talk this morning, church, some of you, that's every Sunday morning. <laughs> Quarter past 10, oh, we're still not at church and a few people sweating right now. No, I'm joking. You are late, but I'm joking, I'm, you know. But in all seriousness, you know, like we're trying to get somewhere and we're going to be late. You know, maybe we're going to miss our flight. Maybe parents, your child is in a school play and for whatever reason the boss held you back and you weren't able to leave on time and you, you're worried you're not going to make it to your child's play. Perhaps you're applying for a home loan. You want to purchase a property. The auction's on Saturday. It's Friday afternoon. You still haven't got the pre-approval from the bank or your mortgage broker. Uh, maybe you're at school, uni high school and you've got an assignment to hand it in and it's due in two hours and you still haven't finished it, you're not sure if you're going to make it, you're going to be late. Well, in today's passage of scripture that we're going to look at, the next I Am Statement of Jesus, there's something similar, a bit like this, that is happening. Uh, The Bible talks about some dear friends that Jesus had and their names were Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Can you say that with me? Mary, Martha and Lazarus. And the scriptures say that they were dear friends. They were siblings, brothers and sisters, and uh, close friends of Jesus that he had. And the scripture tells us that Lazarus is sick. In fact, he's, he's very sick. And, and he's so sick that Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus, who is out of town. And they send him this message, say, hey, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is very sick. And, and, and there's a message behind the message. Husbands, have you ever experienced that? There's a message behind the message your wife has given you. There's a message behind this message that Mary and Martha send to Jesus. See, they're saying, Jesus, come quick. We need you. Lazarus is in a bad way. We don't know how long he's going to last. Don't delay. Come quickly. Spend some last moments with him. Would you pray over him? Hold Lazarus' hand. We need you here to comfort him. That's the message they're sending to Jesus. Well, well, Jesus, he doesn't come. The scriptures say he waits an additional two days. And he says to the disciples on the third day, second or third day, he says to the disciples, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that we haven't gone yet so that you might believe. Let's now go see Lazarus. And if you like, just end the story there, it's like, that's not a great story, right? Like, imagine you call me to say, Bronson, I need you to come to pray for my loved one on their, on their bed. And, and, and I come back three days later and I say, I'm glad that your loved one has passed away. I don't think you're going to be very happy with me, right? And so, so like, well, it's a kind of an unusual response. It's confronting. It's very blunt in nature. And that's what you might think if you stopped there at that place. But I want to tell us something, church. God has a plan and God has a purpose. God always has a plan and a purpose. And it would seem that Jesus doesn't care very much about Lazarus. But I want you to know Jesus deeply cared about Lazarus, deeply loved this man. See, there's nothing further from the truth. And what you need to know is that Jesus deeply cares for and he loves you. He deeply cares and loves for you. And Jesus has a plan and a purpose behind what is going on for you right now. 
just like he did for Lazarus. There's a plan and a purpose behind what you're going through. And I pray that Jesus is, will be glorified through your life as Jesus is about to be glorified through Lazarus. Jesus and his disciples, they head to Bethany. This is where Lazarus has been buried. And this is where we're going to pick up our story today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to John eleven twenty one. It'll be on the screen behind me. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And she's saying, Jesus, you're too late. You could have come. It would have made a difference. He would still be with us today. But for whatever reason, where were you, Jesus? How come you weren't there for us? Why didn't you come? If only you had been here. And she pours out her heart to Jesus. And she's, she's hurting. She's suffering. She's in a moment of grief. And she's in sadness that overwhelms her. And, and today in, in, in our lives, maybe we've faced moments like this ourselves. Like maybe if we were to stop and to be real with ourselves, there have been times in our lives where you've had questions and struggles. There's been grief and frustrations. There's been doubts that you might have had. And you might have had a question similar to this, God, if only you'd been here. And I want to let you know this morning, if you're in that place right at this moment, can I just say to you, you're not alone. There are many people in this place who have been through similar moments like that. And perhaps if no one else would want to say that that is them, I will speak up and say, I have been in moments like that. I remember when we had our first baby and that baby miscarried and passed away before it was born. I can remember saying to God, where are you, God, in this moment? Where are you? The Bible is full of people asking these same questions. In Psalm 21.1, David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? And the question is, what is our response in these moments of life? I want to let you know these moments come in your, our lives. What is our response to these moments? How do we comfort ourselves or comfort others who are facing periods of time like this what do we say to them when we what do we say to ourselves when we ask questions God where were you or when they say God where were you well I think the first thing we need to do is, is acknowledge that grief is a real thing that the things that we go through that we grieve frustrations doubt all those types of real things and we don't do ourselves any favor by saying, hey, just get over it, just soldier on, come on, be a real man or a real woman and just ignore your feelings. I don't think we do a great service to ourselves. We're not robots, we're humans. Did you know that all the emotions that we have, God made us to have those emotions? So I don't think that's the answer, but you know what we can do is experience those emotions, but also we need to gently remind ourselves that God has a plan and he has a purpose. And we need to gently remind any person who's going through something like that of God's grace and God's truth. Richard Phillips, he says this, When eyes that are clouded by tears fail to see, and when trembling hands lose their grip on faith, our calling is not to rebuke them for their unbelief, or to tell them just to get over it, or to tell them stop being, you know, just snap out of it. Our, our response is to gently remind them of the grace and the truth of the Lord. 
our response is to gently remind him, I don't know everything, but I know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, for you today. And so today I want to encourage you, if you find yourself with tears and trembling hands in a place of unbelief, I want to point you not to a church. I don't want to point you to a pastor. I want to point you to Jesus Christ. He knows what you're going through. The scriptures say that Jesus himself said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knows what you're going through. He's experienced it himself, but he's your good shepherd. He cares for you. He loves you. He's laid his life down for you. Jesus tells Martha, uh, Lazarus will, will rise again. And Martha says, Yes, I believe he will rise again in the, last, in the end days. And then our, our key verse for this morning says this, John eleven twenty five, an amazing statement. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He says to her, in this moment of mourning, in this moment of death, in this moment of questions of Jesus, where were you? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he continues on, he says, the one who believes in me will live. Even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe me? And I wonder this morning if there's any people in here that believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And if you do, could you give Jesus an amen this morning? Some praise. I am statement number five from Jesus is I am the resurrection and the life. Would you say it with me? Come on. I am the resurrection and and the life. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you'll never die. Then even if you do die, you will have life. And, and, it, and it seems contradictory. Like to me, if I read that, there seems to be some statements there that kind of like contradict themselves. Because it says, if you believe in Jesus, you will live even if you die. How do I live even if I die? And then, it's, and then it says, also, you will never die. But but Jesus just said that even if you do die, right? And so you might be left saying, which one is it, Jesus? Now, please, I'm not correcting Jesus this morning, okay? So don't anyone get upset with me right now, okay? We're heading somewhere. We're going somewhere. But it's like, which one is it, Jesus? Is it never die? Is it if, but if we are alive, how have we died? And all these types of things. What's Jesus saying to Martha? What's he saying to Mary? What's he saying to the mourners that are gathered around, the other family members? What's he saying to, what was he saying to his disciples in that moment? What's he saying to us today as his church, as his bride? What is he saying to us as fellow believers? Well, first things first, we need to clarify what Jesus means when he uses the word die, when he uses the word death. Uh, from the moment that we are born, every single one of us, we are on a journey to face not one, but two deaths. You may not know that today, but you know, I want to let you know today, we are on a journey to face two deaths. Every single person, doesn't matter your race, gender, ethnicity, doesn't matter which political party you support, doesn't matter your social economic uh, circumstances, your upbringing, your social status, every single human being is facing two deaths. Which of these two deaths? I know that you are asking that right now in your mind. Which of these two deaths? The two deaths are this. Well, firstly, what is death? Death simply means separation. It means to be separated. So the first death, which we all know about, is the physical death. That is when our 
soul will be disconnected, separated from our body, and our body will die and our soul will continue. That's the first death, the physical death. It's the one that we all know, that we all talk, that we all understand. It's the one that we will all experience one day unless Jesus Christ returns before then and takes us into glory. I pray that's what happens, uh, but that may not be what happens, okay? So the first death. Come on, you guys are like really like pretty solemn this morning. Come on, we, we, this resurrection of life. No, we're going to lift. We're going to lift. Don't worry. We're going to be flying by the end of this message. That's the one we know, right? But there's a second death. Church, I'm, I want to let you know, and you need to be aware. There's a second death. It's a spiritual death. It is a separation of your soul from God. Every single one of us will experience that. And it's this second death, this spiritual death, this separation of our soul, our spirit from God that Jesus is leaning into, that he is addressing, that he is speaking to Mary and Martha, to the disciples, that he is speaking to us today, 2,000 years later through the word. He is saying and he is highlighting that he is the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in him will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing will never die. And if I could maybe just add some brackets into that statement, like kind of paraphrase Jesus, which I'm not in the habit of doing, but just for us to understand, bear with me. He's saying this, the one who believes in me will live. Spiritually, you will be with God. You will be with God, even though they die physically, your body. And whoever lives physically in this life by believing in me will never die. They will not be separated, their soul, from God. And I don't know about you, but to me, church, that is good news. No matter what happens in this life, that is good news. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And this morning you might be saying to me, well, Bronson, I feel pretty good right now. Like I feel really strong in my body. I'm I'm feeling great. But I'm not talking about that today. We're talking about your spiritual condition, your spiritual eternity. Ephesians 2 uh, verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were separated from God, dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of this of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following our desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. The kids could come. This, this scripture says here, you were dead. Dead, spiritually disconnected from God. Our creator and see our spiritual death, our separation from God doesn't mean when we physically, sorry, doesn't happen when we physically die. It happens the very moment we're born. See, we are actually dead already. Before we knew Jesus, spiritually dead, separated from God. And no matter what we do, we can't repair that. We can't uh, restore it. We can't mend it. No matter what we try to do, none of us can. We were all dead. 
And I, and I know I'm kind of laboring the point, but I want to labor the point because it's so, so important for us. I want to remind us, if you believe in Jesus this morning, I want to remind myself, I do believe in Jesus this morning, that our souls were in danger of an eternally separated from God. Separated in a place called hell. We were literally on a highway to hell. We could play this, this song, but ooh, a few religious spirits might start to rise up, so we won't. And eternally separated from God, separated from His presence, His love, His light, separated from His peace, His joy, separated from His power. We were there. That's where we were heading. Every person ever born at the moment, they, they are spiritually dead dead and we would have known none of God's goodness not in this life and not in the eternity and when we understand this we finally understand the gospel message see the gospel message church today is not Jesus saying come to me so I can make you good the gospel message is come to me so I can make you alive alive Jesus wants to make you alive. And see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And we were, we were dead. We're alive now. Come on. I, we, some of us, we need to start living in that Jesus, I'm alive. Jesus, once I was dead. But now I'm alive. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you for your life, Jesus. I believe it today. I'm declaring it over my life, over my family. This is what the Apostle Paul says in his letters to the believers in Ephesus, Ephesians 2.4. But because of his great love for us, because of his great love for us, maybe this morning today you're married. Maybe, maybe you've been married in, in your past. Maybe you're in a relationship this morning and you love that person and that person loves you. Can I tell you something? Uh, 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 that, that is nothing. This human love that we experience is nothing like the love of God. See, God doesn't just love. God is love. He is love. God is love. It says that God, His great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, spiritually alive, alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And today, if you believe in Jesus, I want to let you know you're alive. You're alive. There's a, there's a life within inside you planted there. By the Holy Spirit, you're alive in Jesus. You're no longer dead spiritually. You are alive spiritually. You no longer face eternity, separated from God. Your soul disconnected, separated. You will now be together with God for eternity. Yeah, I think we need some more clapping this morning. For eternity. But guess what? We don't just experience God's life in the next life. We also experience it right now. We can experience God's power and life in our life right at this moment. And today you might be here and, and you thought the message of Jesus was about making you a good person. 
and you didn't realize that really it was about making you an alive person. And there's something maybe stirring in your spirit. There's something stirring in your soul talking to you right now. There's something, and that's God He's speaking to and He's knocking on the door of your heart. I want to say to you today, you need to know Jesus, the one who saved you, who can save you, the one who loves you. Don't delay. Invite Him into your life. And after my, at the end of my message, I'm going to give every person here this morning and online an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. Jesus is our life. Say it this morning. Jesus is our life. Tell the person next to you, Jesus is our life. And He's also our resurrection. We're not going to continue in it today, but if you read the rest of John 11, the story of Lazarus ends with Jesus resurrecting Lazarus from the dead. That's, that's a fancy word for bringing him back to life. Brings Lazarus back to life and physically alive, like breathing, smelling, eating, touching. He's alive, so reconnected with his body, an amazing miracle, like just like amazing. Imagine that was your loved one, Jesus. Wow, this is awesome. And it's a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do for us. And it's a foreshadowing of what Jesus himself is going to go through and experience. In the tomb for three days, rises again, alive. Jesus is alive. He's the resurrection. And when Jesus says, I am the resurrection, he, he literally embodies the word. He is, he did rise again. He is the resurrection. He rose again from physical death in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Man, my, my Jesus that I believe in, He's not dead in, in some tomb. I believe, we believe, do we believe, church? He rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. Just like Jesus rose again, we believe that those of us who have fallen asleep, it's an analogy for uh, those of us who have died while waiting for Christ to return. Jesus will bring those with Him who have fallen asleep in Him. And this is a great hope and a great promise for Him. Just like Jesus rose Lazarus physically, rose Him, called Him out from the tomb, Jesus is going to physically raise us from the dead in the last days. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, we will rise again and our souls will be reconnected with our bodies. They will be transformed bodies. They will be glorified bodies that we have glorified bodies just like Jesus. Philippians 3.20, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for Him to return as our Savior. I pray that that is so true, that with Jesus, we are eagerly awaiting your return. You know, not we're not eagerly awaiting that new home or that relationship. Yes, yes, but we are eagerly awaiting the return of our Savior. Jesus Christ, and He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power for which He will bring everything under His control. We're going to have physical bodies in heaven, and we're going to look like we do now, but they're going to be glorified bodies. They're going to be transformed bodies. I don't know what that means. I don't know entirely what that means, but we do know that the Scriptures say that Jesus rose again physically his body was glorified and so we too you know floating around like Casper the ghost right we're going to have bodies 
And I don't know what that means entirely, okay? But here's what I do know. Our glorified bodies, they're not going to age. You're not going to have to cut your hair so short that you can't see the greys. Our bodies, they're not going to get sick. Man, there's no COVID in heaven. We're not going to get tired. We're not going to feel depressed. We're not going to have all those things that our earthly, sinful, uh, spiritually dead body experiences on this earth. We're going to experience the glorified body that we have in Jesus' name, fully connected to the Spirit of God. And as I finish today, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. He's our resurrection in the life. Jesus his res- was resurrected to a glorified physical body. And we too will be resurrected to a glorified body on that day when Jesus returns and calls those of his own to himself and we rise again. And through Jesus, we have escaped if we believe in Jesus. We have escaped that spiritual death and have been made alive spiritually, reconnected to God. Once we were lost, now we're found. Today, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. I want to say you don't delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Invite Jesus into your life. He's the resurrection and the life. I want to close your eyes. John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? God, this morning, we just thank you in this place. We give you praise and glory. Jesus, we thank you that you are the resurrection and the life.